They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father did. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and, you, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Praise God for the reading of His Word. You may now be seated. The title of today's sermon is The Devil's Children, based on John chapter 8, verses 39 to 47. Now, previous to this, Jesus explained that those who genuinely believe will remain in His Word, and they will know the truth. And the truth will set them free. And we have discussed this extensively, that the truth that Jesus spoke about was both himself and what he taught. The words of Christ and the claims of Christ. Being Son of God, Son of Man, Messiah, the Word of God, the Creator, God himself. And the truth is not the truth that is subjective, but the truth that is founded, clearly founded in the Word of God. And we have discussed that some ideology that explains truth is subjective. So one can believe in an untruth, and for him that is the truth. Or one can believe in a lie and make it the truth. We are not talking about different angles to a situation. We're not talking about the example of the elephant, the three blind men and the elephant. If you know that story, where one blind man said, it is a wall. The elephant is like a wall because he touched the side of the elephant the other blind man said, no, it is like a tree. Because he held one of the legs of the elephant. 
And the other one said, it is just like a rope, because he was holding the tail. All that is the same truth. That is not what we are speaking about. Today, one may believe in a lie and say that that is their truth. That will not pass on Judgment Day. On Judgment Day, the truth of Jesus Christ is what we believe in, as revealed in Scripture, as we study in its context. Now, when Jesus said, if you know the truth, you will be free, the listeners said, what do you mean we will be free? We are free people. We are children of Abraham, descendants of Abraham. What are you talking about? We are not slaves. And you know that in, in Rome and in the kingdom, or the empire, sorry, not kingdom, the empire of Rome, slave trade was a business. So they said, we are not slaves. But Jesus said, you are descendants of Abraham, but those who practice sin are slaves to sin. Although Jesus did not say, you are wrong, you are not children of Abraham. He acknowledged, yes, by blood and genealogy, you are children of Abraham. But Jesus was talking about a different kind of slavery, a slavery of the will, a slavery of the will, the slavery of the mind and heart into sin. Those who practice sin, and when we say practice, as a practice, as a habitual practice, we are not saying that we don't sin anymore, but the kind of sin that was mentioned by Jesus here was a practice. You know it's a sin, and you keep doing it. It is not like the sin sometimes of our unwholesome tongue. As I mentioned, and I dare not say it in front, when we get startled or surprised, people from around the world, including Bicolanos, say things they shouldn't say. And they mention the most private of things. We're not talking about that, though we must train ourselves when you are surprised. Please choose your words. How do you do that? Practice in a mirror. <gasps> Practice being surprised and saying the right words. But here, the practice of sin enslaves. They thought there was no need to be freed. But Jesus said, no, you need to be freed. Now, it's the truth that sets you free, but he also said, it's the Son that sets you free. And he gave an example of a household where slaves can be treated as relatives serving in the household. He's saying, you might think you're Abraham's descendants and you're under God, but you are still slaves. It's only the son, because the son has special privileges in the household. It's only the son can set a slave free. And he's talking about law, the law in the land during that time. Now, 
The discussion continues. This is a discussion. And when we read the Bible, we have to understand context. The context is an exchange of words of Jewish people, some of them more religious than others. Some of them, well, many of them believing, yet still a few of them bent with the intent to kill. And we know in God's time, it was planned that they will succeed. First point in the text, not like Abraham. Now, the Jews claimed to be descendants of Abraham, but Jesus highlighted that they did not act like Abraham. Aside from Jesus saying those who, are, who practice sin are slaves of sin, he also mentioned, you claim to be Abraham's descendants, but you do not act like Abraham. He said that Abraham would not seek to kill him, which is different from their intent. Yet the Jews persisted that they were born legitimate. Verses 39 to 41, let us read that. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. You see, Jesus has not yet said who their father was. That's why there was a still a gap in the understanding. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. Uh, why? Because illegitimate children then has less privileges. And they said, we have one father, even God. Now let's go back to discuss this discussion on Abraham. Because Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. What did Abraham do? Let us never forget, as also explained by Paul the Apostle, and as recorded by Moses in Genesis, Abraham believed in the promise, and it was counted as righteousness. Abraham believed. Moreover, aside from believing, if you remember the beautiful and amazing story of Abraham, there was one time messengers from God came when they were still afar off. He prepared his household to welcome the guests. And he pleaded with these guests not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there is at least 10 people who would not be unrighteous. What did Abraham do? He welcomed the messengers of God. Not only that, if you remember the story, the account where after the war, when the kings, the five kings of Sodom lost to the four kings of the valley, Lot was taken a prisoner and Abraham with his 400 men 
400 men chased after them, defeated the kings of the valley, and saved Lot, and not only Lot, but the residents of Sodom, and even the loot, the riches. But he did not take any of the riches, lest any man say he made Abraham rich. But then along the way, he met Melchizedek. And if you remember the story or the account in the book of Hebrews, who is Melchizedek? A man who had no beginning and no ending. What did the writer of Hebrews say? He is a manifestation of the Son of God. He is Christ. Although he was not called Jesus then, he was called the Word. He was known as the Word according to John. There was an encounter. What did Abraham do? He welcomed Melchizedek. Ate and drank with him. And gave a tenth of what he owned to Melchizedek. Who was Melchizedek? The leader of Salem. The king of Salem. Later to be called Jerusalem. The king of peace. So the discussion of what did Abraham do? We can cite so many things that these Jewish people against Christ did not do. And then, of course, he made a revelation. We will read in verse 44. The next point, devil is your father. Verses 42 to 44, let's read that. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You cannot bear to hear. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So these children of Abraham, Jesus said, well, your real father. Sure, by blood. Abraham, but your spiritual father is the devil. Now, I want you to observe the text, how Jesus treated the devil. He treated them like a real personality. Not an idea, not an ideology that some are saying, because the word devil means adversary. But he, Jesus was treating him like it's a real persona. For real. Again, the Jews claimed that God was their father. But the Lord, Jesus, refuted them. 
Jesus explained that they could not understand this message because they cannot bear to listen. And some of us, when we would proclaim the gospel, and it is also accounted in the book of Acts, there are some who cannot bear to hear the word. Maybe they will try for a while to listen to the word, but for a time, they cannot bear to hear it. Now, the scripture did not explain why they can't bear to hear it, except Jesus explained, you're of your father. That's why you can't bear to hear, hear it. Uh, of course, if we were to analyze using academic disciplines, we might say they can't bear to hear maybe because they don't want to hear. Maybe because uh, they're stubborn. They don't want to listen. They want to continue in sin. Therefore, they're selective at hearing. I like to listen to this sermon, but not this sermon. I like to read this part of the Bible, but not this part of the Bible. Selective. Or offended. Take note that the Word of God gives comfort, but it also offends. In fact, before it comforts you, it offends you first. You know, for some of us who are still easily offended, take note that the Bible called you worst things. The Bible called you worst things. Enemy of God. Uh, that's in the Bible. Hmm? Sinner. Uh, what else? Think of the worst things. Paul considered what he learned rubbish. No, no, no. You want me to translate that? More in, from the Greek, they are like dung. What are we proud of? Our education? Our wealth? Whatever. Or you're just proud. You don't have education. You don't have wealth. You don't have anything. You're just a fool that is proud, who thinks he's always right. Get ready to be offended. But if you're so hurt, we have to receive and say, Lord, forgive me. Once we realize we have sinned, the only response is humility to the word of God. You are of your father, the devil. Now, what did Jesus reveal about the devil? He's a murderer and a liar. Jesus called the devil the father of lies. Opposite himself. He is the truth. And the devil is the father of lies. Now every time you feel like lying, remember the father of lies. And if ever you were inaccurate with your statement, you try to correct your statement. Because sometimes discussions go very fast. And sometimes you feel you were inaccurate. Jesus is the truth, but the devil is a liar, meaning he is opposed to the teachings and the claims of Jesus Christ. Well, the devil is opposed to the word of God, the truth of the word of God. In fact, it was clearly written by Paul and the word of God that there are those who would profess to be wise, but actually, in God's eyes, they are fools. 
So before we profess to be wise and intelligent and knowledgeable, let us first humble ourselves and submit to the Word of God. Because we would rather proclaim God's Word, teach God's Word, instead of our own. And for us preachers, the standard is high to be careful not to put personal opinion, not to put personal experiences ahead of Scripture. Be careful with the claims, God told me so. God told me to tell you. I'd rather say the Word of God tells us. The Word of God reveals this. Why should we be careful that even Paul's writing, when he shared his opinion, he says, this is just my opinion. This is not from the Lord. You read that in Corinthians? He said that. Why? Carefully said it. Why? Because there is a difference with the truth of the Word of God and things that we are unclear of. We must approach it with utmost caution. Why? The truth is the truth. We are careful not to go against the truth, but there are some areas that, like when Paul said, it's just me. Because a, there was a situation in Corinth. And he said, it is just me, okay, but it's better for you not to marry. How many would you say, amen, Paul, I will never get married? No. We always secretly hope to. <laughs> yeah, Paul, that's just your opinion. I wanted to get married, and I married, okay? But clearly, what is Scripture? The truth. That's why we encourage everyone to finish reading their Bible. Well, buy a Bible and finish it. When I say finish, not saying to me, I now can memorize 100 verses. Huh? You want to try me? No. What I mean is chronologically studying per book, per letter, the purpose of that book or letter must be understood. The major themes must be understood line by line, chapter by chapter, to have a more clear picture rather than separating one verse from the context and creating a meaning out of it. The danger there is we might not be speaking the truth. We're putting new meaning into it, but that's the, not the meaning in the context. And what is that? The work of confusion, and maybe to a certain degree, could be the work of the devil. Especially if you use certain texts to manipulate people instead of preaching the simple word of God. The devil is a liar. You are of your father, the devil. Of course, the Jews would say, yeah, yeah, but you have a demon too. Okay. <laughs> you just read the text and they're back and forth conversation. But of course, I believe in Jesus. I won't believe them. Now, some of you who cannot understand the gospel and will not understand because you're hard of hearing, you don't want to listen to the word. 
Your intent is not just to believe, not to be his disciple. Spiritually speaking, you are of your father, the devil. Spiritually speaking. Oh yeah, you can pretend to be in Christian church. You can always pretend. We can always pretend. But how many of us truly love the truth? A desire to learn from God. The God of the universe gave us the scriptures to study. And there are people who haven't even studied it, have already judged it. But there are people who first did not believe, but after they studied, became believers. Now, Jesus did not just say, you're not, your father is a devil. He also said, you are not of God. That's the third point. Now, Jesus keeps speaking the truth. Yet the accusers would not listen. None of them, though, could convict Jesus of sin. Jesus explained that whoever belongs to God will believe in him. But those who do not understand are not of God. Let's read verses 44 to 47. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Very simple, but very powerful and offensive explanation. Now, Jesus claimed that God was the, their father. The Jews, I mean, the Jews claimed that God was their father, but Jesus said if they did, they would believe. Instead, Jesus said that they do not understand or believe because they're not from God. Well, because they're from the devil. Is it possible that you are not from God? Is it possible? You don't want to face that reality? Well, if you don't believe and you're not his disciple, it is the word that sets us free, his word. Let's put some application here, aside from believing. Well, let's repent of hate. Why did I say hate? Although it is in Matthew, in Matthew's gospel account, gospel account, where Matthew recorded Jesus saying, if you hate, you've already committed murder. Remember that the devil is a murderer. So we repent from hate. I mean, don't hate people. You can hate events, you can hate the chair you're sitting on, you can hate something but not people. You can hate the very food you cooked, go ahead. But try not to hate, of course. But don't hate anybody. There is a, a boundary. There's a difference between you are not pleased and hatred. There's a difference between you were offended and now you're hating. There is a difference. 
And we have said before, what is true freedom? Is true freedom doing anything I can do? Because some interpret that as true freedom. He forgives me, but there I can continue in sin. That is not true freedom. As we made an analogy in societies, you think true freedom is doing anything you want, taking anything you want. No, there are limits to our freedom. We cannot steal another one's property. There is a limit to what you want. We cannot take somebody else's wife. There is a limit there. But if you say that no freedom is doing anything I want, what is that kind of society? For sure, it's not democratic. We will be ruled by warlords if everybody is free. The strong shall survive. And if warlords rule us, is there true freedom? No. True freedom has limits. The same way in Christ, there are limits. We have been forgiven. We cannot hate because hate lead, may lead to murder. But Jesus said, if you hate in your mind, you've committed that sin. And of course, the other New Testament writer says, he who hates his brother, you're not a true believer. You hate somebody? Oh, remember who your father is, okay? The devil is a murderer. We should not murder, and we should not hate. We must repent of hate and murderous intent. Murderous intent is of the devil now. Some of us may not have murderous intent, but some of us may without telling anybody. Why, in your mind, you have tortured somebody, right? Has that ever happened to you? Somebody who borrowed money from you, they never paid you back in your mind. You will do all sorts of things to this person. No, I'm just kidding. Or somebody said something, a misunderstanding, said something not so nice about you. And then in your words, you say, I forgive you, but in your heart, never. Well, if we truly believe in him, we would have the fear of God that gives us the boundary. The fear of God. Because God is our Father. We know what we have to battle. And one thing we have to battle is hate in our hearts. We have to fight that. If ever we're offended, we have to fight towards forgiveness by the grace of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that seed affects the people around you. Huh? You know how bitter people that leads to hatred needs to establish their army of own believers. I am the right. They are wrong. Stand with me. And now they're not even involved in the situation. But you cannot keep your mouth shut. You tell somebody of your offense and this foolish person would now what? Take the offense, even though this person doesn't understand the whole story. Remember Proverbs, one seems right 
The first one who reports seems right until you countercheck it. And you know, it also said, no leader will be established who listens to whispers. We must double check everything. If you are in management position or leadership position, you don't believe everything people say. You double check, you confirm. You don't easily absorb it and allow it to play in your mind and torture you. So what happens to you? You have no peace. You will have no joy. Who do you hate? I hope it's not me. If it's me, then forgive me. You should also ask me if I hate you, okay? <laughs> but that's the part we try to guard. Leaders, servants, anybody who claims to be a believer, husband, wives, Husbands, wives, children, to guard the mind. And not to follow the world's ways. You know, the one expression they say right now, it's supposed to be an affection. I hate you. It's supposed to be affection, but they use the word hate. Uh, change it, okay? Use another expression. You just say, I'll torture you. Okay, so say something else. No, don't say that as well. Say something else. Next, we repent from lying. The devil is the father of lies. And those who practice lying intently, intentionally, I mean, and regularly belong to the devil. Genuine believers repent of lying. They seek God's forgiveness for lying. To counter the habit of lying, one must immerse themselves in the truth of Jesus Christ. Most of all, we must stop believing in false gospels and in accurate gospels. Allow me to say that the lying here in this context is first and foremost what is not the gospel. Because Jesus was speaking about the truth of himself. And the devil is the opposite of that. He is a liar. We must believe in the truth and we must not believe in false gospels. Any gospel present to you that not, does not include faith and repentance is a false gospel. Any gospel presented to you that does not say that Jesus Christ was the Word, is the Word, and the Word became flesh, and that Word is God, is a false gospel. Anybody says to you that you can continue sinning if you after you repent, there is a false gospel. Anyone who sugarcoats the gospel telling you about the love of Jesus without the wrath and judgment of God is a false gospel. Is half-truth truth? No. What is truth? The gospel involves what? Sinners who will face the judgment and wrath of God for eternity. And the grace and mercy through Jesus Christ. But wait, hey, 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 let's not put this in. That's too offensive. Let's have a bigger church and let's just say this so we are more popular. Not to offend anybody. 
That is lying. That is not the gospel. Forgive us, Lord. And lastly, belong to God. Be of God. Those who belong to God believe in the truth about Jesus Christ. Believers should know the truth of Scripture and should speak the truth of Scripture. We must also clarify that not all are children of God in the spiritual sense. And those who do not believe are children of the devil. I praise God that you are still here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday because sometimes a word can be very uncomfortable. I hope that we receive the word and say, Lord, transform me. Change me, Lord, into your image. So I give you right now a piece of poetry entitled Devil's Disciple." Who are the devil's disciples? Definitely they have idols. Intent to murder and they lie. Their father, the father of lies. They do not believe in his word, cannot grasp the gospel they heard. Therefore, they do not know the truth, even if they heard it since youth. Their true father is the devil. Those who don't believe and rebel of his word, who are the rebels in sin, they enjoy and revel. Know where you stand, know who you are, know there is a dividing bar. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, believe God makes you able to believe and to receive. Let us all rise. Thank you, Lord, for your word. May we sense the gravity of the words of Jesus Christ. It is weighty. It comes down like a hammer. His accusers claimed to be children of Abraham, but they did not do what Abraham did, which was to believe and to receive the messengers of God. Teach us to believe in your word and to receive the messengers of God. Receive the message. Receive Christ. Which is more than a sinner's prayer. But an actual faith, belief, surrender to him. They were not children of Abraham according to Jesus. They were of their father the devil. Because they wanted to kill him. Some of us today want to kill the message. Some of us here today cannot bear the message of repentance and faith. But we try to justify our sinful lifestyle. Teach us to repent. Teach us to surrender. Teach us to believe that we may experience the real freedom in Christ. The freedom... freedom to love the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. <laughs> the freedom, knowing there is no condemnation. 
The freedom of not feeling we are forced to obey, but because we want to obey that freedom. That forgiveness. The freedom and the power to guard our minds and hearts by your grace. The freedom to remove hatred and falsehood in our lives. The freedom to know the truth. And to love and believe the Son of God. Thank you, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Good morning. God bless you all. Thank you.